This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. This is Nicole Taylor and thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Orange Podcast. Orange City Council has a great collection of parks, gardens and native bushland. It's this bushland which is about to be the backdrop of some scientific research to help a vulnerable species of parrot. But we'll get to that soon. First, one of the big topics at this week's Orange City Council meeting was the decision to put $30,000 worth of sponsorship towards the running of this year's New Year's Eve Party Under the Stars. This year we're going to have a new venue, no fireworks, but a 45-minute laser show. Here to tell us all about that is Kennard's Hire Zone Manager, Craig McMahon, who's been part of the New Year's Eve Party Under the Stars celebration for quite a few years now. We've been, uh, we've been supporting the Party Under the Stars, I think, for probably about seven years now. Been a big supporter. It's been a fantastic event. Pete McCormack and his team have done a, a wonderful event. Uh, and we're just happy to be able to continue on with the tradition of the of the of the um, celebrations of New Year's Eve for the town. Last year, there was in the middle of, a, of a, one of Australia's worst bushfire years. There was under, some understandable nervousness about shooting flaming things up into the sky. Um, you've decided to go in a new direction this year. What's happened? Yeah, one of our guys uh, at our branch, our branch manager Luke Pearman, actually came up with an idea that he saw at Alice Springs. Um, with a laser and light show, so we thought, you know, what a wonderful idea! It's something new and fresh for the for the community, and obviously moves away from from that potential liability for for fireworks. What is a laser show like? What we're what we're proposing, obviously, it's very early stages, and we're putting through it now at the moment. So we're looking at a approximately a forty five minute show, and it's laser and light. So. I've seen some proposals from the from the company that's putting it together, and they can do wonderful things, uh, really, really amazing. So um, yeah, just shoot some lasers and lights in the air on the sky, and off they go. And great colours, great pictures. It's going to be fantastic. The way you do that is when you project it onto something. It, it, there's no wall in the middle of the air, so there's there's a, a gas involved that becomes the backdrop. Yes, there is a gas. Um, one thing that I've I've sort of noticed that's been going out there. We took there's been a lot of comments about water show. It's not a water show. Yes, there is a very very small element of water been used um, to project the light, but it is, it is a laser and light show projected predominantly with a gas, yes. The numbers when it comes to the water is something like five litres. Five litres, for, yeah, for a yeah. 45-minute show. Absolutely. It's we very, don't have very to worry small. about the water, do Not we? Not a concern at all. Not a concern at all. The council has now decided to put $30,000 into it as a, sponsor, a sponsorship. You'll be putting money in. Yes. Um, it's, uh, I guess you'll now start to the hard work of getting a, a deadline. It's, it's a pretty tight deadline. You can't put this one back. It's, uh, yeah, it's very, very tight. So, we're, yeah, we're extremely fortunate and, and, and proud to have council support this event. Uh, we've had some support already from a couple of local businesses, but obviously we've got some significant work to do there to, to get some more sponsors on board uh, to get this event off the ground. So, uh, yeah, we encourage anybody that is interested um, to, to come along and support uh, support this event to please get in touch with myself and um, we'll uh, see what we can do to, to help the community. Wade Park instead of the former venue, why is that? Um, something probably more central, something more in, in town, um, obviously potentially with, uh, with COVID. Uh, we've still got to navigate around what the COVID rules are at the moment and what they potentially will be at the time. So it's, a, it's an enclosed area. Um, at the moment, there's, you know, there's ticketing requirements, et cetera, with COVID. That may change as, as the event gets closer. But we found it to be more a more central event. Um, and, yeah, the council have supported that, which is fantastic. Are you looking forward to going with your kids? Very much looking forward to it. I've, uh, I've got three children. Uh, and uh, so we'll all be there and, um, you know, and look, all 
all all our guys, you know, our, our people that, that work in our branch, they've all got kids. Um, yeah, we're very we're just very very excited to be involved. Um, we're a business, you know, we're a family owned business. We started in Bathurst in 1948, so we have really really strong community roots, and it's really important that we engage in the community and and, and get behind multiple events, as many events as we can. And this one, I think, is going to be very very special. Craig, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Alan. Kennard's hire zone manager, Craig McMahon. Now on the list of wildlife which lives around the orange area, probably the most vulnerable is a colourful bird known as the superb parrot. When it comes to investigating ways to protect them, we really don't have a lot of information about how they live, but more importantly, how they breed effectively. This week, some new research is beginning in some bushland around the Orange City Council area. PhD researcher from the Australian National University in Canberra, McLean Cobden, has this week been climbing his way up some very tall trees to install the specialist equipment that's needed to discover more about how these parrots live and how they raise their young. Today we were able to find quite a few nests uh, and put cameras up, camera traps and monitor uh, what's going on. So how many uh, superb parrots are coming in and out, um, what stage they're at, if there's any competitors around the nest and, and how, just how they're doing. People are very familiar with sulphur-crested cockatoos and galahs and other, other crimson rosellas are fairly common around orange. How rare are these uh, superb parrots? Are they endangered, threatened? How, how are they classified? So they're classified as vulnerable. So it's on the kind of lower end of that, that threatened uh, classification. So uh, the problem with superb parrots is we just don't know much about them. No one's had a real good look at um, both their biology and their ecology. So a lot of these uh, assessments and, and assumptions are just kind of uh, made ad hoc based on really variable abundances uh, as they move quite a lot. So uh, this is probably one of the more uh, recent in-depth uh, biological studies and ecological studies. So yeah, uh, there's a few key threatening uh, aspects in their ecology and one is the, the lack of those old hollow-bearing trees. How old does a tree need to be before there are hollows for a for a, where a superb parrot will want a nest? Yeah, great question. So, uh, best guess is probably 150 years, at least 150 years. Um, and I've seen in the Orange City Council, there's a lot of nest boxes work going on, which is fantastic to see. Uh, and and that raises some really interesting questions. Uh, superb parrots aren't known to use nest boxes, but whether that uh, presence of nest boxes alleviates the competition is probably a positive thing. Um, there's no, no clear research done on that, but as something of interest. So, Why is it important to, to leave 150-year-old, almost dead trees alone in order to value a bird? Well, I mean, they rely on it solely for, for reproduction. So if you get rid of a tree, um, they, they'll stop breeding. And then the concern with parrots in particular is they're long-lived species. So uh, while they might be present in our, in our environment, in our landscape, we, we're still seeing the birds. We might, we might not actually be seeing the problem until... Uh, you know, later in their life when we actually, oh, there's actually a reduction because there's no, there's no breeding. What are you hoping you'll find out? How, how will what you find out help us protect these parrots? Mm, so there's a few different things that I'm hoping to achieve. One is looking at their, their breeding biology. So what kind of, how many birds are being produced and being recruited into the population, as we say. Uh, and the other aspect is, is tracking them. So I, I mentioned that they, they move extensively within their range. Um, and there's that big kind of question of, 
whether or not they migrate. So there is a general assumption that they move off from their breeding grounds up to north, northwest New South Wales. Um, but a lot of that is is still, we just kind of assume that's what's happening. Uh, we know in Canberra, for instance, there's, there's a few birds that, that stay present. Um, in Orange, I suspect they, they might do as well because of the presence of, of uh, really reliable uh, urban resources. And as well as um, a camera, you're hoping to actually trap some and then attach a little GPS transmitter. Exactly. How small is that GPS transmitter got to be to not interfere with the flight of a male parrot? Yeah, so it's a great question. We've been we've been assessing and using uh, Avery birds to, to make sure we're getting that harness right and the weight right. So there's a general kind of assumption with... Uh, this kind of work that you should never exceed 5% of the body mass of a bird. And so superb parrots, a male superb parrot will generally be about 160, 170 grams. So we're looking at about five, six, maybe seven, but like around the six gram mark is, is our transmitter weight. And you're hoping to, to do that capture and uh, and tagging at the end of the breeding season so it's not as interfere with the, the process of new babies. Exactly. So they've still got to be nesting for it for us to catch them. So we catch them at the nest, but we wait till kind of later on until the babies are strong and um, they have got reliable food coming in from mum and dad uh, until we, and then we grab the, the male and, and uh, he adjusts quite quickly. So in our experience that he does kind of freak out and, and leave the breeding area for a little bit just to adjust to his new uh, new kit and then starts doing all parity things. So uh, it's no concern as far as we've seen. research student, McLean Cobden. And we'll aim to get you as much information about that when it comes to hand. Now, for a wrap-up of the week at Orange City Council, here's our CEO, Dave Waddell. Big week, another big week. We had council on Tuesday night. I think the most important item that was up was the water restrictions. And in the end, unanimously, council voted to have a permanent water saving measures, which I think speaks volumes for the for the general community attitude towards water. Um, it's not about the big stick. You know, the council has talked about let's work with the community. So instead of having no restrictions, if it really, really rains, we will stick to what we call water saving measures, which is sort of the equivalent to level two. I reckon a sensible decision. Hopefully it'll rain this weekend and we'll be in even better a position. We lost Jan Richards this week, not, not, a, not a bad thing for Jan, she's going to Bruny Island. Jan was the manager of our library for 24 years. She started with council when she was 16. Um, she was manager of the Central West Libraries. In the end, she was the best librarian in Australia, basically. Order of Australia medal. Um, she won the Librarian's Award um, last year um, at the end of her career. She'll be a sad loss the intellectual property you lose, the experience, the culture. Anyway, we'll battle on. Hope you have a great retirement, Jan. The other one that really I think is amazing is that our Katrina Howes here won New South Wales Youth Worker of the Year, which is a great kudos to her. She does such good work with, with the youth of Orange. Fantastic staff at Orange Council. Hope everyone has a good weekend. Well, thanks for tuning into the show this week. If you'd like to send us some feedback, you can always send us an email. You can email podcast at orange.nsw.gov.au and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time.